4: And we are off and running on a Wednesday evening. It is the nightcap, Tim Murray, home side, the home studio, Sean King at our Circus Studios in downtown Las Vegas. And all anybody can talk about, Sean, our eyes are fixated on the losing streak in Baltimore. Will it come to an end? The Orioles are tied with the Angels. 6-6, to bottom of the eighth inning, no outs, bases loaded. Can they do it, Sean? Are the Orioles going to end this losing streak? I hope not. I so hope (laughs) not because I'm pulling for my pockets more than
3: I'm pulling for them to break this losing streak. Of course, I've laid off the Orioles the last 10 games, and I was just like, okay, it's too late to get on the wagon. So I jump on the Angels tonight. Probably the AL MVP on the mound. He gives up four home runs. We're in a dogfight. But one thing I've learned over these last 17, was it 18 games, the Orioles can uh, find nine. a way to lose. So I'm pulling for them to stay the Orioles, not to get tricky and win this game, but we will see.
4: <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, six to six. Uh, just got a strike out there. But uh, I tweeted out, who's brave enough? To back the Orioles tonight. Last night, I really thought, Sean, and I didn't bet it, uh, but I really thought last night was the night the streak was going to end. They were back at home. They were playing the Angels, former friend, and Dylan Bundy. Tonight, Shohei Otani on the hill. Oh my They're goodness. a plus 176 underdog, and here they are tied at six. Kelvin hit it.
3: Kelvin Gutierrez is at the plate. Bases are loaded. One out. He's going to hit into a double play. And then they're going to give up four in the top of the ninth and then they're going to lose 10 to 6. I'm calling my shot.
4: You're pulling for your pockets. That's why yeah. we love you. And um, we want and we want and we want Mr. King to go ching ching ching. Yes, and I know
3: I'm not alone. There's very few people listening oh, right yeah. now that vote, that bet with the Orioles. There's a whole gang of individuals that took the fight in Joe Maddon tonight. So they're in my corner. I feel like I have a lot of support. We just have to get this thing done.
4: Uh, Also going on in a pivotal game uh, for one of these teams, the New York Mets, who just need any love, any luck uh, right now. They've got the bases loaded. The Mets do. It is three to two against the Giants. And and it's now final. They have lost. Yes, it is over. And the Giants have won the New York Mets. Misery continues as uh, the Braves were off tonight, Sean. So they are now seven games back of the Atlanta Braves, and this this uh, stretch of Giants and Dodgers for the New York Mets can't come to a close soon enough. My goodness, the Mets, uh, they can't get a win, and uh, they actually went off as uh, as slight dogs, uh, actually slight favorites, I beg your pardon tonight. They were minus 110 at close at Circa, uh, and they don't get the win. Three to two the final there uh, as the San Francisco Giants get it done. We've got a great pitching matchup coming up in just a little bit. Uh, with the Dodgers and the Padres. I'm a little surprised you're not going with the dog. The dogs weren't barking for you San Diego tonight, Blake Snell?
3: Nah, nah, man, he's an old Ray. I'm so very familiar with Blake. No, it's uh, your guy. Nah, I, I'm not betting with the Dodgers. Right? They're not in the dog pound. And they're over there in the scrap heap. Right? People trying to f- find homes for them and just can't find them. I'm going to stay over here with these dogs that people you know, think are cute and cuddly. Those are the kind of dogs that people adopt. Padres, not so much.
4: Well, you know who was a dog tonight? And I I was talking to you off air, and you're kicking yourself. How about your Tampa Bay Rays? I know. Plus 145. That's your squad. (sighs) They're the dog. You'd be
5: barking. Oh, oh, oh. I missed an an opportunity to gloat.
3: I did miss an opportunity to gloat. The only bet I made today was the Angels. And I looked at the Rays game, and I'm just – I'm such a huge fan of Zach Wheeler, and I know what he's capable of. So I kind of just, even though I should always bet my Rays when they're underdogs because they're that good. I don't care who we're playing, who we're, who's the pitcher, but I talked myself out of it. Obviously, the wrong decision.
4: Well, we'll keep an eye on the uh, the Orioles losing streak. We got quarterback news. Let's get it rolling. It's the nightcap. It is the nightcap here on a Wednesday night on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We are getting closer and closer. Sean, can you... Oh, I smell it. I smell that fresh-cut grass in Champaign, Illinois. I smell it from the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena. We're going to have college football that counts coming up on Saturday. I know it's just four games, Sean, but it is a... It is a nice appetizer. It's the mozzarella sticks to the filet mignon that is Labor Day weekend. I am fired up for some college football that counts this Saturday. I am,
3: too. And when I initially looked at the schedule, I wasn't, like, super giddy. But then we had Bruce Feldman on, and he drops this little tidbit that he thinks UCLA is like a dark horse to be competitive maybe for the Pac-12 championship. So now I'm excited. I want to see what UCLA looks like. Nebraska all of a sudden has these distractions. You're getting seven points with Illinois on the road. Brett Bielema, it'll be a raucous crowd. I think I'm going to take the Illini on the money line. Now all of a sudden I'm excited. So, hey, let's go. 9 a.m. Yeah. Saturday, right?
4: That's uh, Yeah, well, uh, 10, a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. we'll have Illinois yeah. and Nebraska. We get an extra hour sleep this week. Get it'll, me a little uh, iced coffee. Oh, are you an ice coffee or hey, a hot coffee?
3: I get the same drink every morning. Empty iced coffee, blonde shot of espresso, cream, one pump of vanilla, no classic. That's my drink every morning. Okay. Yeah. That's the elitist I, part I, of me.
4: I drink about five cups of coffee a day, and uh, it's just coffee and some cream. And I'll get a I'll get an iced coffee every once in a while. And and you know what? The other day I was out with my little guy, and I, I decided to get the uh, – it's never too early to get a little pumpkin spice in your life. Uh, I am a full – P.S. Fan and uh, a little pumpkin spice in my life. See, so you have to my take deleted. more
3: pride in your coffee. Nah, like that's about perfection. Venti iced coffee, blonde shot of espresso, cream. <laughs> Be specific. One pump of vanilla. No classic. See, see, that's when you know it's coming. You crave it because its consistency and how it tastes. Because you get it the same way.
4: By the way, what is happening right now in Baltimore? <laughs> do we have a? We have a Ooh, we got a bases-clearing double coming here for the Orioles. No, just two runs. Nine to six, the streak may. I just say may because who knows what the Orioles are going to do. It is now nine to six Orioles in this 19-game losing streak. I'm not trying to lay it on my guy, uh, but it is. Uh, it had to end one of these days. And who would have thought the day that Shohei Otani starts that the Orioles yeah. – could put an end to this brutal losing streak. If you're watching on vsin.com the third longest losing streak since 1969 in Major League Baseball.
3: Here's what's ironic. When uh, Ahani went out the game, the score was 6-4. The score mm-hmm. is 9-6, and I think the Orioles only have like maybe three hits since then. Like these relievers can't, can't find the strike zone walking guys hitting guys like it's all kind of strange things happening in baltimore but shout out to the orioles if they can get a win i don't wish 20 losses on anybody i just hate that i was the dummy tonight but i'll be the dummy <laughs> sometimes that's okay
4: hey we're all uh, i i i just put it out on twitter i didn't i didn't have, i didn't go one way or the other i i said who's brave enough to back the orioles it wasn't me i wasn't brave enough to back the orioles but there might have been a couple, uh, a couple people natty bows deep out there in uh, in the Charm City that fired away on their app on uh, on the Orioles. So good for you guys if you were able to uh, to cash a little plus money on the Orioles. It's not over yet. You can't cash it yet. Nine six, bottom of the eighth. Uh, but the losing streak may be coming to a close. So you know I was taking uh, notes, met...
3: right? Yeah. So I just wrote down: never get to the party late. Just stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was late to this party, and I know better.
4: But we were kicking ourselves. We were kicking ourselves because we should have jumped on it when it was 12 and 13. We've been talking around this show now for for quite some time. I only got in once. It was a Braves game uh, over the weekend, and they were, I think, minus one. It was the the only game, Sean, the only game in this streak that the Orioles have lost by just one run, and I backed the Braves, but for some reason, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get cute. I'm just going to lay the juice. And mm-hmm. I was able to bring it home, so I was lucky uh, in that regard. But so I'm uh, not, good for
3: the Orioles. And I'm not completely like just on the wagon. I've played the Rays versus the Orioles in both series, and, and we've
4: oh, you were all yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. the Rays are your squad. Yeah, we we're raking them. Just I didn't have to. Yeah. I didn't
3: have to do that today, especially as my only single wager.
4: Well, Sean, I want to get to uh, the news of the day in the NFL. As I got to flip through my, uh, I did. I have all my notes here and I, am I'm, I'm behind on my notes, but the, the big news of the day, Teddy two gloves. <laughs> uh, I believe you're a fan of, uh, of Mr. Bridgewater. He Nate was named starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And earlier this week, as you see the graphic, we're going about to put up earlier this week, he was plus money. This was yesterday. He was plus money. To be the starting quarterback, be named starting quarterback. Teddy gets it plus 140. And uh, our guy Josh Applebaum was tweeting out uh, just how much betters have profited off of Teddy Two Gloves over his career: 35 and 14 against the spread as a starter, 24 and 7 ATS as a dog. And how about this one: 19 and 2 ATS, Sean. As a road dog, I, I think I think he might be the president of the Dog Pound. I don't know if you are anymore. After reading those numbers, I think you might have to uh, be the vice president to Teddy Two Gloves.
3: It's interesting because I did not know that you had that statistic or that was going to be uh, your opinion to follow up what you initially asked me or mentioned about me being in the Teddy Bridgewater fan club. And my response was going to be, Some people like quarterbacks that start and win football games. I'm one of those people. (laughs) I mean, he he doesn't do it necessarily in an aesthetically pleasing manner, but he does it in a very successful manner. And I still to this day believe if Minnesota Vikings would have had more patience, they would have at least been in an NFC championship game by now. He'd be perfect for what they have going on in Minnesota. Some people forget and that Teddy was the, in Minnesota. Yeah, he was, and he was a baller, and he had a horrific—I uh, think it was knee injury—and mm-hmm. uh, they gave up on him. And you know, if I'm not mistaken, he went to New Orleans after that to back up Drew Brees, and Drew Brees got hurt. I think on two different occasions. What was uh, Teddy's record in those seven and one or something?
4: It was something ridiculous, to, yeah. yeah.
3: And then he yeah. went to a Carolina team that had no expectations, and they're extremely competitive last year. You know, it's not like they had a roster or a team that people thought was a Super Bowl contender. I thought you know, they were extremely competitive. We'll see long-term if trading for Sam Donald was the right move. Uh, I personally don't think that Sam Donald's better than Teddy Bridgewater, as we sit here in 2021. But you know, Sam does have talent and potential. We'll see down the line. But I think this is a decision that Denver made. Anytime you're the incumbent starter in the NFL, and your team goes out and brings in someone else's starting quarterback, you have to win the competition by a large margin. Because if they were satisfied and happy with you as their starter, then they don't make that move. So obviously there was some people within the organization that feel like Drew is not the answer. So now he has to thoroughly outplay Teddy, or they're going to go with what's new. Because they know what they already have. That hadn't been good enough. So, uh... I saw this decision coming. Why I didn't jump on the prop, uh, probably one of those things I kind of overlooked. But, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, Teddy's been a successful quarterback. I think Drew, if I'm talking to Drew, you don't get discouraged. You just keep putting your hat on, coming to work, and, hey, you never know. It could be week four, and now you're the starter. Got to be ready. Got to stay ready.
4: Well, one thing that really people have pointed out, and that's why when all of the news about Aaron Rodgers potentially going to Denver led to a significant drop in Super Bowl odds, was look at the talent on that roster. Wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, who needs to get over the dropsies, but still a first-round pick from a year ago. K.J. Hamler, a second-round pick from a year ago. Noah Fant, a first-round pick from two years ago. They picked Javante Williams out of North Carolina, a second-round pick. They have Melvin Gordon in that backfield. Then defensively, they spend a first-round pick on Patrick Sertan out of Alabama, who is a ball hawk and and really a lockdown corner. Um, You know, you look, Von Miller's on that defense still, Bradley Chubb, uh, you know, former number one overall pick. I mean, they got dudes all over the place. And if Teddy Bridgewater can come in there and just be solid and get the ball out to his playmakers, um... Man, that's a, it's a really fascinating team, Sean. And you know, Pat Shermer, their offensive coordinator, uh, Vic Fangio, still the head coach there. I have my questions about Vic as a as a head coach, but they got a lot of weapons and a lot going on in their tool shed for for uh, for old Teddy Bridgewater to get the ball out to.
3: Yeah, and you didn't even mention the one thing that's probably going to be important as they get to the actual end of this playoff run, if they're in it. One of the best home field advantages in the entire National Football League. I mean, you have to go to Denver in November, December. That's a tough place to go play. The altitude, the weather, the noise. I mean, it's a very, very difficult environment. So if they can get off to a good start and create and build some momentum, I mean, it's hard to go there. That crowd is loud. Von Miller's in that stance. You can see his breath coming from between his face masks. And as a quarterback, that's distracting the back of his football card says that I'm in trouble because my tackles can't hear the snap count. He's looking at the ball. That's an advantage to him. I mean, there are some scenarios now where if you feel like Denver's that talented, they might be worth the win the AFC, what is it, 40 to 1, if I'm not mistaken? You know, was the odds? Or 22 to 1. 22 and, to 1. 22 to 1 and 45-1 to, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you wouldn't be crazy if you think the second half of the season they're going to be legitimately in the playoff hunt because again that home field environment is significant and it will matter in some key crucial games
4: well i think the first game of the season is is really uh i I wouldn't say completely telling because it's, it's just week one but they go on the road to new york they're a slight favorite one one and a half depending on where you look sean Uh, I actually think this is a great teaser opportunity to take the giants and put them up to seven and a half because it's the lowest total on the board and you're getting that number, you know, through three through seven to take the giants. But I think this is a very close game. Uh, I think, you know, Denver could absolutely win this game by a field goal. And what, uh, you know, based on the odds is, is projected to be the lowest scoring game of week one, with two pretty decent defenses. Um, you know, I, I think a 20-17 a to 17 win for the Giants, or excuse me, for the Broncos, and look at the way the season starts for them, right? At the Giants, at the Jaguars, home to the Jets. Uh, very manageable first three games of the season. They'll be a favorite in all three of those games, Sean, and then a week four showdown against Lamar Jackson, potentially undefeated. Um, so we will see. But I, I think very manageable schedule for Denver, especially, you know, if you took the over eight and a half or – are thinking about it. Uh, those first three games, if they're three and zero, you're looking at you know odds shrinking. So you know to your point about making the playoff prop or division, you know winning the AFC West. Uh, I would probably get in now because if you believe in this Denver Broncos team, those three games to start the season, uh, they could be three and zero, and we could be talking pretty highly about the Denver Broncos.
3: A lot of people will have them in week two in, in those survivor tournaments. And I think that's the trap game. I don't know if Jacksonville could beat them, but flying yeah. to New York, having to go back to Denver, then come back to the, all the way to Florida mm-hmm. in that humidity and heat. It's a tricky game.
4: Week three, I, I would think about taking Denver in a survivor. Home against the Jets, Zach Wilson in altitude, even though he played at BYU. So that, you know, that's going for him. But, you know, not looking at the old chart that Derek made. Um, I, I think week three could potentially be a survivor, but no way am I, taking Denver on the road in week two. that There there are plenty of options to take home teams that early in Survivor. Uh, I wouldn't mess around with a a road spot for the Jaguars, especially, you know, you and I are kind of of the same belief. And speaking of the Jaguars, uh, no surprise here, but Trevor Lawrence named the starter for the Jaguars. Both you and I think that week one spot for Jacksonville is going to be tricky against Houston. And uh, them coming back home and, and taking on the Broncos, I'm with you. I think that could be a a tough spot, and I, I could see myself, depending on how that week goes, maybe even backing the Jaguars a little bit uh, in week two, if that you know, depending on what that number looks like. And
3: full disclosure, so all of the fans of the Nightcap know, if the Jaguars win week one, then I'm knocked out of Survivor. That's my bet. I'm taking the Houston Texans.
4: Yeah, but I thought you had like four entries.
3: Well, we're just talking about this one specific entry. We're not talking about the other three. <laughs> This one specific entry, I'll be knocked out if the Texans don't beat the Jaguars. I feel like it'll give me a huge oh. advantage. I won't use any of my bullets if Houston beats mm-hmm. Jacksonville. I have all my bullets oh, left still.
4: Taking Houston um, would be would be incredibly. Uh, I, I, if they pulled that off I mean, and you had Houston, you, you never would use them again. That that would take some. Uh, that would take some some manhood, some chest hair right there to take Houston. And we say
3: one. it with your chest. Dude. Cause I'm taking the Houston Texans. Come on, Tyrod. Let's go, baby.
4: We'll have to, we got to do a, uh, after, you know, after the fact Monday recap of Sean's survivor, Absolutely, uh, you'll be in, you're going to be in circa millions. You're going to be in circus survivor. I'm going to be in the, uh, the William Hill college, college football, um, contest so we'll have some contest updates every Monday and people can make fun of us or applaud how well we did so hopefully it's hopefully it's the latter and not the former I'm <laughs> taking Monday I'm gonna, gonna have football. one
3: survivor where I take a dog every week and it's gonna be called the dog pound that's the name of that entry
4: well speaking <laughs> of the dog pound uh the dogs have not been barking in Baltimore but maybe tonight maybe it comes to a close it's the nightcap come on back right here on Bees
3: I think Kobe and everybody in are playing Kobe to win
0: a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that,
1: see that,
5: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember you came out from crying, <laughs> crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock, and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
2: what I told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? he didn't need it? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: It is the nightcap here on to Murray. Sean King, former Tampa Bay quarterback, playing green wave rates. And we've got the Orioles right now looking to put an end to their 19-game losing streak. But, you know, we we mentioned, Sean, that Teddy Bridgewater, you were able to cash that at plus 140. If you bet yesterday that Teddy Bridgewater would be the Broncos' starting quarterback, you could have cashed that. Well, I want to turn our attention to... Things in New England, Mac Jones is plus 225 Uh, due to COVID protocols. Cam Newton is sidelined right now while the Patriots are having joint practices. Mac Jones right now at DraftKings. Uh, I believe this has actually been taken down, Sean. So earlier today, Cam Newton. Or sorry, Mac Jones to start Week One. Yes, was plus two twenty-five. No, minus three thirty. Mm. It has been taken down. Mac Jones was out there with the starters today, and uh, per reports, was lighting up the New York Football Giants in this practice. I'll read from uh, Doug Kide from uh, PFF. He said, with Cam Newton out due to pro- COVID protocol. Jones took every first-team rep and nearly every competitive dropback in Wednesday's practice, going 48 of 55 in combined one-on-one, seven-on-seven, and full-team drills. Do you think Mac Jones starts week one for the New England Patriots, Sean?
3: Before the COVID debacle involving Cam Newton, no. Uh, But I've heard enough Elevator music, soft noise, rumblings to know that there's a lot of energy that's starting to move in the direction of Matt Jones being the starter. And I don't know who's at fault. I don't know if it's Cam. I don't know if it's the organization. I don't know if it's an honest mistake, but this has allowed the people within the organization that want Matt Jones to start to really be aggressive in pushing that and Because of the way he's played, again, I had Mac Jones, the number one quarterback in this draft class, and he's done nothing to change my mind since the preseason started. He's looked outstanding. All the attributes that I thought that he would bring to the NFL that I saw consistently on tape at Alabama have demonstrated themselves in the preseason. So now there's this momentum, and Cam isn't even there to put the fires out. So so normally when this happens, Tim, and you're the competitor – you get to go out and compete. Mac has a great series, a great period in practice. You also get to go out and have a chance to have a great series, a great period. Now, out of sight, out of mind. There is no cam, it's only Mac. And Mac is doing what Mac does, which is light defenses up. So I'm going to say yes. I think Mac Jones is going to be the starter week one for the New England Patriots.
4: Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit. Right. And uh, you've kind of opened my eyes even more. Um, You know, I was a I was a believer that this would be a fit. And then as you start to peel back the onion more and more, you're like, wow, this this is exactly who they want. They want a guy quick release, get it out to the playmakers, make them make plays, make the correct reads. And, you know, New England was a team last year that due to opt-outs, really was affected more than any team in the entire league. And, you know, Sean, I, I, I recognize that the Bills are, are really good, right? They went to the AFC Championship game last year, got a ton of talent coming back. Josh Allen, MVP candidate. Uh, Stefan Diggs is an absolute stud. That all being said, you know, at the Westgate Superbook in town, you can get the Patriots, the New England Patriots, Sean. At plus 375 to win the AFC East, think about that for a second. I mean, almost four to one on the New England Patriots to win this division, and I, I you know with all the reports out there, you know Bill Belichick said this is a uh, a really big week for Mac Jones with these with these practices, and without Cam Newton, yeah, at this point, I would not be surprised, and I almost feel like there's a reason. Those odds were taken down, Sean, because I almost feel like with this week that they're going to have with these joint practices, I think Mac Jones does become the starter.
3: I agree. Plus 350 is a great price. I just I don't like the fact that not only do the Patriots have to be really good, but they have to anticipate or they're going to need for the Dolphins and the Bills not to live up to their expectations. So, tough division. Tough division.
4: It is, but I I just don't think. I think a lot of people, you see those odds there. Odds on for the Bills at minus 160 at DraftKings. It's not going to be a walk in the park. They very well could win it, but it is going to be a challenge. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We are just a couple days away, ladies and gentlemen, from college football. We take a look at Week Zero. On the other side, it's the Nightcap here on d Now that the NFL preseason has kicked off, we're almost to the conclusion on the Two at two-thirds of the way done. What are you waiting for? It's the perfect time to huddle up with the VCN Pro Football Betting Guide. The guide is only $9, 19 dollars 99 and available right now for X5 Pro Pop every team, Fantastic outfitting plus best bet on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for VCN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. So make sure to head on over, com backslash subscribe. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Sean King at our Circus Studios in downtown Las Vegas. Tim Murray at the home studios in the Murray compound. And uh, before we get to college football, Sean, we do have to acknowledge it has happened. The nineteen game losing streak is over the Baltimore Orioles have won, and they are victorious tonight. The final score, 10-6. to So go ahead and cash that plus money, you brave souls that back the Baltimore Orioles tonight. They finally get it done, and uh, their first win in over three weeks. Congratulations.
3: I mean, that's a big victory. And it plays right into my hands, because now they can relax, they can stop being focused on trying to win and go back to being the Orioles, and the rays come into town Friday, so now I can load up. Now I can load up and have a really big weekend, Tim, because we're going raise, raise, raise Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can book it, have a huge weekend. All you people out there that like money, that pull for your pockets, just ride with the big king. It's a raise trifecta: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Raise, he's gonna roll it. Raise, roll it over. More raise, absolutely. Roll it over. Yes, we're going to get this. The Rays rollover. The Rays rollover. On the way. There it is. Special delivery. Better than Uber Eats. Bring it right to your door. (laughs) I'm officially, Uh, and, and by the way, the Angels are officially in the Cincinnati Reds category. They have yellow tape around both teams. Do not touch. I actually just text Joe Madden a real nice message. Way to go, Skipper.
4: <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you. I really wouldn't put it past you. I mean,
3: you lose to the, the Orioles. Come on, like certain
4: teams should do certain things, and losing. And you had Shohei Otani yeah. on the hill. Yeah, come on. And by the way, I mean the crazy part is the Orioles win this game ten to six. They led two to nothing. Cedric Mullins hit a homer on the first pitch of the uh, of the bottom of the first off Shohei Ohtani, and then it was two nothing after the first. They were plus 133. The Angels were to win the game. They went up six-two, and then oh. they lose ten to six. So, uh, you, I know you had the the super run line. You you tried to get on the uh, get a, tried to get on the the fade train. Unfortunately, uh, it it finally met its final destination. So, 19 games. If you had been riding this streak, congratulations. It does end tonight uh, with the Orioles finally getting it done, winning ten to six over. The Angels. We're going to talk more, Sean. Broncos with Ryan Harris, former Broncos offensive lineman, won a Super Bowl uh, there in Denver on the line in front of Peyton, and also played at Notre Dame. So uh, we will we will chat with uh with with Mr. Harris in just a little bit. But uh, we do have Week Zero pr- approaching, and I, I'm starting to wonder, Sean, if this is, as some would say, a bit of a square dog. We will see. Uh, But in Champaign, on Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern, I think noon Central there in Champaign, 10 o'clock for us out here in in the desert. You've got Illinois hosting Nebraska, the Brett Bielema era underway. Uh, They have 22 super seniors there, do the Illini. Nebraska coming in with a lot of question marks. Uh, Adrian Martinez still their starting quarterback. Uh, heat on Scott Frost. Is he going to survive if they have another down year, Sean? And uh, there's a lot of pressure on Nebraska. I would have loved the hook in this spot. Uh, I was too late to the party, but uh, I'm not going crazy. But I did end up grabbing Illinois for a little bit. I took the touchdown. Home team, super seniors, opportunity to uh, to make some noise for the Illini. And, uh, I, you know, what re-emphasized it a little bit, having Brad Powers on the show last night, he said of the you know 50-some-odd spring games he watched, he was very impressed uh, by how well Illinois played in that spring game.
3: So I've already decided I'm going to go Illinois money line. I'm not even going to take the seven points. I just think this is kind of one of those perfect storms. There's turmoil in Lincoln. I mean, there are a lot of issues in Lincoln, Nebraska before the COVID Illegal practices, alleged, came about. People are already whispering, is this too big for Scott Frost? Because the success has not been there. The recruiting has not been there. They just had a new athletic director come in, Trev Alberts, former player. Now you get these accusations. You get whispers that everything isn't kosher in Lincoln, Nebraska, already for an underachieving football team. Now flip sides of that coin, Tim. There's nothing but excitement in Champaign. People are fired up that Brett B. Lamont, who has a track record in this conference, he wasn't so great in the SEC, but a lot of guys aren't great in the SEC, especially at Arkansas. But when he was at Wisconsin, they were really good. Now he's back in a conference he's really familiar with. He inherited a program that didn't have a lot of wins, but they have a lot of talent. This isn't your normal rebuild. Lovey Smith recruited at a high level. I know this because I recruited against Illinois a lot. The home crowd, they're going to be fired up. The nation is going to be watching. You know how easy it is to get college football players fired up when it's a national game? Well, this is as national as national gets because it's game number one. So the best version of the fight in the line, they have a returning starter, a quarterback, Brandon Peters, a bunch of experience. They have guys returning on both sides of the ball. They've played a lot of football. You're going to get to me that version of this Illini program, and I want to cash in on it. So I'll have a, a a ticket that has the plus seven, but I have a strong ticket that has Illinois on the money line. I think it's plus 260 or 270, if I'm not mistaken. The board's a little farther away than my eyes will allow me to read clearly, but 220, plus 220. I have a strong ticket on it, Tim. And I'm going to get the college season started off with a bang.
4: Well, let me say this. If you like the points, take it like right now because I'm looking at the board right now, I look at every pretty much offshore shop has gone to six and a half. Take it now if you like the points, because I think it's going one way, and I think it's going towards Illinois. Um, UCLA and Hawaii, a lot of points. Brad Powers, uh, I agreed with his assessment. You like the under. uh, You like the under. Mm -hmm. um, If you like. Mr. Conley over there at ESPN, SP Plus. His projection was 42-21. That's a five-point window there to the under Hawaii and UCLA. And one thing about Fresno State real quick, their quarterback, they play UConn, Jake Hayner. Dude's legit. So uh, check out Fresno State's quarterback. All right, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, he's the quarterback in Denver. We head to the Mile High City next right here on the Nightcap. Indeed's Instant Match searches through millions of resumes and Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Find out more, head over to Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray, Sean King with you each and every weekday night, 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific. Sean over there at the Circus Sportsbook. Tim Murray home side tonight. And the Padres have uh, taken an early lead over the Dodgers, one to nothing in San Diego, so we'll keep our eyes on that one. Uh, we were just hitting on week zero of the uh, of the college football season, and we'll we'll push that to the side. We'll get back to it uCLA uh, take it on Hawaii. But let's bring in our next guest a Super Bowl winner. So uh two out of three have won a Super Bowl on this show. I'll just you use your imagination on who those two are. Um, it is Ryan Harris who joins us right now. And uh, Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater named starting quarterback. And, and believe it or not, odds makers had Drew Locke as a, I wouldn't say a sizable, but a decent favorite to win this job as the preseason transpired and Teddy played the way that he did. Uh, w- was this a surprise at all to you that Vic Fangio today made the announcement they're going with Teddy Bridgewater to be the starter?
1: Not a surprise at all. And thank you, Tim and Sean, for having me on. And Sean, what a career, man. Thanks for uh, showing us what's possible. Um, But back to Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, it was an incredible, you know, it was incredible performance that he put together through the first two preseason games, especially in the game against uh, Minnesota and, and following it then up to have additional success. I mean, he was just tremendous and it wasn't a surprise to people who knew football because he was so great at the mechanics as well of running the huddle line of scrimmage. And his accuracy was incredible. 84% accuracy, completion percentage. It was a, a great masterful performance.
4: You know, and Ryan, when people, you know, think about the acquisition that was made right before the draft to go and get Teddy Bridgewater from Carolina, I think there was a lot of eye rolling. Why would you get a, you know, a mediocre type of quarterback, um, and, and not draft Justin Fields. So, They get Patrick Sertan. There's just a a host of talent on this Denver Broncos roster right now. And what is the outlook, in your opinion, of this Broncos team? Because when you just look at the way the odds makers have it stacked up, uh, their win total sit at eight and a half. So it's essentially, are they going to be a 500, uh, above 500 team this year? And uh, will they make the playoffs? You know, with the way Teddy looked in the preseason, I'm, I'm trying not to put too much stock into it. I've been impressed, and I think with those weapons on offense, on defense, uh, this is going to be a really uh, pretty talented football team all around as long as Teddy can do what, what he's done the majority of his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, And but the defense is the best defense since the 2015 season when we won the Super Bowl. I mean, they have players all over the field. I mean, Patrick Sertan had a pick-six in his first preseason game as a rookie, I never saw that in, the first t- in my 10 years in the NFL. I never had seen that. I mean, that skill, that, pop, that ability. And Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb are, g- are both healthy. Both can be pressed in the pocket. They've got Shelby Harris as well. So uh, they're getting a the linebacker core figured out. This defense, though, is really going to make it tough on teams. So I, I, I think twice about your receiver lineup in fantasy football and, <laughs> and know that they're going to be a stingy team. And that's where Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have to be great in terms of you know 5,000 yards or whatever passing. He just can't he just limit the mistakes and bounce back from it. And the one thing Teddy Bridgewater proved throughout the preseason was he can keep a calm head and a focused mind in practice and take it to the game as well. And coaches trust that and players trust that, and that's how you build a team.
3: Ryan Harris, Super Bowl champion, former Denver Bronco offensive lineman, does a great job there in Denver on the radio. you guys in the area traveling. Make sure you check him out. You know, Ryan, I got to say, I love when former athletes go into second careers and find something that motivates them and keeps them going. So congrats on all of your success. Having said that, a lot of the conversation is going to be about Teddy. Have you spoken to Drew Locke? Do you know him very well? If so, how has he taken this? And how's the relationship between him and Teddy and the locker room? What did the locker room think about this decision?
1: Well, the locker room, the locker room had known that Teddy, that this moment was coming. You know, people I've talked to, it they knew that Teddy Bridgewater was doing the right things and that the same mistakes were showing up. Um, but that Drew did do, do markedly better. I mean, he had he was twice the quarterback this year that he was last year. He improved in so many areas, patience in the pocket but it just didn't work out. Um, He took the news like a pro to those who actually talked to him. Uh, Mike Cliss out here reported that. And, and you know, from what my sources have told me is he's just calm being cool, you know, taking some time to think. And uh, that's the best thing you can do. I mean, you know, Sean, it's a tough deal when you're not where your dreams just had you. And, and for drew Locke, this is the first time he hasn't been a starting quarterback in 11 years. I mean, he was a starting quarterback in high school in college for four years in Missouri. And then for two years, you know, he was a starting quarterback for stretches of games for the Broncos. And now he's on the bench, a place he's never been. So it's a tough place to be mentally, but that's when you take some time. Hopefully he's getting some meditation and and talking to a mental performance coach to focus on what he can do moving forward.
3: You know, Ryan, so much is made about how talented Denver is, how much ability they have on this roster. But you're there. You get to peek behind the curtain. You get to watch practice. You get to see some things that nationally we don't. What are their deficiencies? What's the glaring weakness that you think they have where if they don't meet the level of success their upper echelon talent suggests they could have, this will be the reason why?
1: It's going to be the weak side linebacker spot. They just don't have a guy yet that can that can forcibly create the run and defend the pass. They drafted a great player in Barron Browning. Out Ohio State in the third round, uh, he missed much of uh, even he missed much of OTAs and even some training camp with a, a bad knee, so or a bad leg. Uh, they've said so. It, it's interesting. It's, they have to figure that position out uh, because you know, as a quarterback, Sean, if you know you can manipulate that portion of the field, that's the weak side run game, that's the short passing game, that's the tight ends. And oh, by the way, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, you're going to see them twice a year. You know, this, right. that's the division you're in. So that that's that's the weak, not necessarily a weakness. They just haven't found that player yet, uh, and time's running out.
4: Talking once again to Ryan Harris, 92-5, catch him in Denver. Also analyst, Notre Dame football. Had to drop that in there, of course, uh, Super Bowl champ. Uh, Ryan, Flyer. a mutual friend of, of all of ours, uh, Brad Evans, right after the draft loved Javante Williams, and I was with him. And you've seen the Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, odds plummet in favor of Javante Williams. What has been the early talk in camp with Melvin Gordon there, uh, with Royce Freeman still on that roster? How much should we expect from the uh, former Tar Heel and Javante Williams?
1: Well, he'll be the number two back for sure. And uh, and that's the good thing. You know, the, the organization has time. They have time with Javante Williams. I mean, that's a long season everybody's going to be doing a 17 game season, you know, for the first time. So that positions, that's a, that's a heavy load to carry for 17 games. So he'll be the number two back and he has breakout speed and and he averaged over five yards per carry in the preseason. So he's, he's ball security is just going to be something that he's going to have to experience early because once you get into those real games, that defense is going to hit you very hard. And then guys are trained to punch for the football. So it's a different world, but Javante Williams, you know, I got to see him in college, and he's a remarkable player, and he's going to have a lot of success behind the Mike Munchek offensive line.
3: Yeah, true three-down back, Javante. That was our, what was, you know, so dynamic about that Tar Heel offense is both of those backs, you know, catch the ball well on third down, understand pass protections. So He's going to be an exceptional player for the Broncos. I want to switch gears just a little bit because uh, my esteemed co-host, Tim Murray, mentioned that you're a Notre Dame alum. And I am one yes, that believes sir. that uh, Notre Dame is in rebuild molded for the 2021 season. Uh, am I crazy? Am I right? Am I sort of somewhere in the middle?
1: Well, it's a make or break year because of the schedule. I mean, I think they can go undefeated. They have a receiving core that's incredible. Uh, the best defense Notre Dame has had uh, in probably five years. So they've got some monsters all throughout the experienced monsters on defensive line, middle linebacker. And then they got a guy, Kyle Hamilton. He's six, six, Sean, six, mm-hmm. six as a safety and doesn't know how hard he can hit yet. So he's a, he's a guy that, you know, you know, the Irish faithful say he might win the Heisman for as a defensive player. He's that remarkable. It's Charles guy. He Whitson, okay? Points. Yeah. So, uh, and then they got, and then they got, you know, a running back in Kyron Williams who just rushed for a thousand yards. So the good thing is Notre Dame plays Wisconsin at, Soldier Field, because you know when you go to Notre Dame, you're pretty much a pro anyway. So Wiswell's playing the stadium, you know, and then they got a game against Cincinnati as well, and uh, and and then they're going to have to fight off USC at the at, towards the middle of the season. So some big some big signature wins are on the board if they can take care of business.
5: And
3: hey, quickly, Ryan, before we let you go, Tom Zakowski. football player, boxer. What is your former teammate yeah. up to these days?
1: man. He was doing some firefighting, uh, lately. So, uh, hopefully he's doing well, man. I haven't talked to him in, since COVID. Uh, but man, Tom Zabakowski, he took us as, as juniors into Madison square garden for his boxing match on Cinco de Mayo. And it was an experience unlike any other. So that's my brother forever, man. And, uh, and uh, they still do boxing real in in Chicago. I'll tell you that they got cigar places where they have boxing rings. I'm like, how are those guys breathing? So <laughs> it's a wild world. And uh, Tom Zbikowski, man, that's a brother for life.
4: He is Ryan Harris, Super Bowl winner, Notre Dame analyst. You hear him on the radio calling Notre Dame games and in Denver as well. Ryan, great stuff, man. Appreciate it as always. Thanks,
1: Tim. Thanks, Sean. Peace.
4: There he is, Ryan Harris. Uh, I. I would say he's a little more biased than I am when it comes to the Irish there, Sean. Just a little I bit. mean, he
3: said undefeated, so we got to have him back on after they lose to Florida State week one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be the McKenzie Milton show. I'm telling you guys now, Mackenzie Milton McKenzie is going Milton to reestablish his place in college football September 5th at Dope Campbell Stadium in the great city of Tallahassee, Florida. All
4: right. We will see. I, I, I. I would, uh, I would take the other side on that one. But, hey, that's why they play the game, and we'll find out that Sunday on September 5th. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's the Nightcap here on
0: VEASAN.